We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. North, a division in which I feel like you have a soft spot for one team, but now you're developing a little bit of a man crush on another team. Oh yeah, definitely. Even though I, this is my second division doing with you, and it's another very lopsided division though. Yeah, you got me. You got me a lot. I mean, yeah, I know you feel a little differently, but like you look at this division the past few years, no one's challenged Green Bay. Yeah, absolutely. But I think this year. It changes. Okay, I, I got my doubts, but because I, I just I just think the NFC North these teams aren't ready for it. Really? Yeah, I'm just. We know one team's definitely not ready for it. One team that maybe two years away, and then another team that's in complete transition that has has obvious talent, but their roster's kind of old, and no one really knows who their head coach is. That's that's very fair. Yeah. That's very fair. So what would you say is your overarching just like outlook on this division? Because it has been a division that's been ran by mm-hmm. one team. Mm-hmm. Um, you've had sprinkles of like that Bears run in, in uh, 2018 when uh, Matt Nagy got there that, and they won the that, division. I feel like that came and went so fast. Yeah. Like, it was like that, that week one game where Cleo Mack had like the strip sack and like they were dominating and then the Green Bay just took away from them. Like That's kind of like how the NFC North has been. But I think just how much Green Bay regresses and whether it's Minnesota finding their identity or if Detroit really makes leaps because to me Chicago's Chicago's kinda of in the same boat as Carolina Atlanta. Like I think Chicago they're not winning more than four games. It's just that, that roster looks really bleak across the board. So it really falls on Minnesota and you know, maybe Detroit could surprise some teams, but I still think they're about a year or two away. So it's just it's just a matter of like how how much is Green Bay gonna fall off? That's that's how I look at it because there's just no way they're gonna be as good. Are we <clears throat> are we over exaggerating how much we think they might fall off? Like they still got Rodgers, still, still got really uh, good defense. Matt Lafleur. They yeah. have a awesome defense. Like, could we look back at this and be like, yo, yeah, they lose the wide receiver who Aaron Rodgers I think is like eleven and one without Adams in the lineup. 
short sample size and it hasn't been like long stretches yeah but still it's you know he's a guy he goes to on fourth downs and shit like that and i thought that last one was really fluky against arizona i thought arizona lost that game rather than green bay won it if you remember that thursday night game i think adams got covid and he couldn't play like the last time they played without adams i thought arizona completely blew it rather than green bay actually earning it so if you want to look at that sample size but I think Green Bay, they'll be, they're definitely still a team that's going to win 11 games. But what, they won 14 last year? Like, I th- a three-game drop-off, I think, is regression. So, I, I that's something I expect. You know, they're going to play you know, first big schedule. I think, I don't know what conference they're playing the AFC. Maybe the AFC. If they're playing the AFC West, I think they might be playing the AFC West. If you want to. Yeah, I'm pulling it up right now. Because they played the North last year. Because I remember the Christmas game against Cleveland, which was like, all right, Baker, enough's enough. So I got Minnesota's schedule in front of me. Okay. And it seems like they play the NFC East. All right. That's beneficial. And they play... What AFC teams? AFC teams that they play are Buffalo, New England, Jets, Miami. So right, they play that's, the, that's, the that's, two okay. East. Okay, that's, that's doable. That's, that's doable, doable yeah. Um, but, Let me put you yeah. on the spot. In the last 10 years... How many times has Green Bay won this division? So ooh, starting ooh, in 2012, ooh. this is only you can answer it because I have it in front of me. But ooh. I'll go seven. Seven times, yeah. Yeah, because I know Chicago had one year, Minnesota maybe had two years. Minnesota twice. Yeah. 2017 they won it when they lost the uh, AFC NFC title game to Philly. Remember oh, Case man. Keenum? Damn. And the year after Chicago won it. And I'm pretty sure... Rodgers had gotten hurt in that stretch. Yeah. So it's like the only time I remember there was a huge trend. Like anytime he plays a full season, they win no less than ten games. Mm-hmm. <sighs> so look, they're they're gonna make the playoffs. They're still gonna be in the thick of it. I just I don't see them on the level of Tampa in LA. And you could argue San Fran, but obviously San Fran's a bit of an enigma right now. So the way I, I see the NFC is it's Rams, Bucks. The tier below is San Fran, Green Bay, because mm-hmm. they've proven to do it. Yeah. And then me underneath, I have a bunch of teams that I'm relatively higher on. Mm-hmm. And I got like Minnesota, Philly. Um, that's about it. That's about yeah, it. Yeah, because I don't know if you're going to put New Dallas Orleans. or Arizona. Dallas, Because Dallas, Arizona. Dallas, I just team. don't trust. Okay. So then, and then what, what about Arizona? We talked about their defense. Yeah, that's a little so, concerning. Yeah, so no D hop or who knows. Right now, it looks like six games, but I think that's NFC's rough, man. If we really the times are changing. A- AFC is the powerhouse conference, so I guess NFC's what the land of opportunity. Yeah, 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 for sure. Like how many teams in the AFC? If they were in the NFC, you'd be like, oh, they're definitely a playoff team. <laughs> but now like you're looking eight, at the AFC. Nine, yeah. Now you're looking at the AFC. You're like, holy shit! I really like the Raiders, for example. But yeah. fuck, that division alone is going to be crazy. Uh-huh. Uh, all right. I want to talk about addition. Uh, there's going to be some obvious ones that I think we can skip over. Like yeah. as far as like when we get to subtraction, I think there's an obvious. I one. think the addition's obvious too. Yeah, what's your addition? In the division, Scott, he's a Darius Smith. You know, it's a big, big steal by Minnesota. And even though he's a little older, he's still one of the more versatile defensive linemen. Like he's not just an edge rusher. He on passing downs could go inside. And with Daniel Hunter coming back as well, they could do some serious damage. I love that signing. And Darius Smith, when he's healthy, which I know is a bit of an if, he just causes havoc. And I thought he was like really one of the central figures of what made that Green Bay defense so lethal. 
And for Minnesota to make that move, I I know a couple of Packer fans. They were pissed. They were just like, how could you let him go? Now he's going to a rival. It, it's a big move. And I think Minnesota, it, they desperately needed that because I just think their defense, you know, under Mike Zimmer, they always had this reputation of being like a top 10 defense. This defense is going to cause problems every week. But they, they've lost their way the past two years. And now they're getting someone that's just a real violent, disruptive force. I love the move. And I think, to me, it's by far the best move in the division. Yeah, and also when you think of you weaken a division foe, mm -hmm. that's always one that I always like when a guy leaves a division because it weakens one team, strengths another. Mm -hmm. So it's like a double addition and then like a double negative too for that mm -hmm. for that said team. Yeah, that's a good one, man. I remember like the Smith brothers were like mm -hmm. a real thing yeah. when, when them two first got there. I think for me, the one that I'm looking at is... Maybe because I'm like a little higher and I wanted to pick something different, mm -hmm. but like I kind of like the weapons that Detroit brought in. DJ Chark. Yeah, it's a good move. Jamison Williams mm -hmm. too. I know he, he probably won't be ready for the for the you know week one because yeah. he tore his ACL in the national championship. But Jared Goff, very you know, I've done a complete one eighty on him on the on the show. He was yeah. my MVP pick in twenty eighteen. Now it's like, yo, I'm fading yeah. Jared Goff. We were talking about that before we started recording. But, like, I I think DeAndre Swift is going to have a monster year this year. He missed some time last year. Uh, Amon St. Brown was a problem right away, going back to what we were talking about on one of the previous shows about the rookie wide receiver. Nowadays, they come in, and they could ball right away. Right. Like, dude carried people to fantasy championships last year. Uh -huh. It was crazy. I remember Impey, the joke with him was like, yo, if Amon St. Brown was on Impey's team, you couldn't get Devontae Adams for him, like, straight up. Be like, yo, I need more. I need I need Devontae and, like, Dalvin Cook for, That's like, Amon St. Brown. That's, like, the Impey special when it comes to fantasy. But, like, collectively, the additions that they made with the weapons, right? Like, um, Josh Reynolds re-signing. I know it might sound funny, but they have great chemistry going back to when they played on the Rams together. Absolutely. And DJ Chark, Amon St. Brown, DeAndre Swift. TJ Hawkinson, like the collection of weapons, Jamison Williams, a first round draft pick. Mm -hmm. I think they're doing something special yeah. with the with the weapons. Cause yeah. now you're if it's not gonna be Jared Goff, which I don't think so, I think it's an enticing place. Or if you draft a quarterback, you're saying to yourself, dude, you have you have some nice pieces here Absolutely. that we can see you. We're not doing what Miami did, where Miami gave to a not much. Mm -hmm. They later improved it, but I think what they did from an addition standpoint with the weapons. Yeah, no. Agree on all points. I think it's a very what they're building is very encouraging. I also like the fact that they got away from Anthony Lynn. I think Anthony Lynn's just one of those outdated coaches now that can't really be coaching anymore. I don't think he should be in that. Like, I'm not telling team Deshaun. I just like he's his his uh, outlook is just very outdated. And I just if you're trying to build an offense for to win in the NFL now, he's not the guy for it. Uh, speaking of outdated, for me, my biggest subtraction, Mike Zimmer. So we're going besides Devontae Adams here. Yeah, th yeah. that's why before yeah. I was saying, oh, yeah. no shit, yeah. though. The obvious one is yeah. Devontae Adams. Uh, for me, I think Mike Zimmer alone is like a one or two game increase. I think they could win one or two more games based on what they like did last year. Yeah. They have, they have a sick offense, bro. Really? You don't think so? No. Okay. <laughs> Say what you want about Kirk Cousins. I think he's... I think in the right situation, he can win you some games. You got Dalvin Cook, Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen. I'm a big K.J. Osborne He's guy. Good. In the slot, he was awesome for them last year. Uh, Irv Smith, I think, could take the next leap. And, and maybe he could have like a Gasicki year last year. Not not how we're envisioning Gasicki going into this season. He's got the athleticism. Yeah, just, yeah he has the athleticism. Together. 
And I just think that if Dalvin Cook goes down, which he always misses a game or two, Alexander Madison is basically a carbon copy of him. You don't think so? No. I know fantasy-wise he puts up numbers, but not Madison's not that good a runner. He just he he's someone that could pick up yards, but he doesn't give you that explosive element that Dalvin Cook is. Like I know numbers are kind of similar, but I think Dalvin Cook's a superior player. So would you pay Dalvin Cook what you paid him, or just have like Alexander Madison? Cook's, Cook's so unreliable. That's the problem. I love Dalvin Cook. He I should, think Dalvin Cook is fantastic. Yeah, and I just I just think. Like, his game is massive does average more than two yards a carry. Like they, they, he doesn't have the best vision. He doesn't break a lot of tackles, but he picks up yards. I'll give him his. Uh, he definitely has the numbers. It's just I just think Cook, as overall runner, is a superior player. I would agree yeah. that he's a superior player, but I'm you know it goes back to like paying running backs. Right. Uh, I, I think I think now given Cook, I'd be very hesitant to because it's proven year in and year out he misses three to four games, and it's just hard to digest. As great of a player as he is. What do you make of Kirk Cousins on this offense? Uh, do you a, think he holds them back? Or do you think like he, you know, he kind of... It, it's a combination because that old line's always been a problem. Minnesota has never got the whole line right. It's just they, particularly from pass protection, like they could run block pretty well. But pass protection-wise, I feel like there's, when they play up against a real dangerous front four, they get eaten alive. And, you know, how they transition, you know, now Kevin O'Connell, the latest from Sean McVay's coaching tree, you know what's offense going to be like? Is Kirk Cousins going to be comfortable playing more on the move? We know how uncomfortable he is, you know, scrambling wise. But you know, in the McVay offense, you know, the quarterback does tend to run a lot of play action, a lot of shotgun. So how's Cousins going to fit in that? It's it's a it's a weird mix. I'm not, I'm not quite sure what, like what to make of it exactly. I just I just know Kirk Cousins. There's always going to be limitations there because. It's just it's year after year. You know he's going to make those mistakes, and it's just going to crumble games. Was Kirk Cousins on Washington in 2017? I want to say it was his last year. Cousins. Let me pull that I, up. I think that was his last year in Washington. Because Kevin O'Connell was the quarterback coach. Interesting. Oh, so there is there a relationship. There's there? a relationship there. Okay, that's why I mentioned that. And as oh. I pull it up, yeah, 2017 was his last season. So there is some. Um, they're familiar with one another. Okay, that helps. So I, I was I, not aware of that. Yeah, I wasn't either until yeah. I pulled this up. I was just like, because you know, you think of you think of Kirk Cousins and like the McVeigh tree. It's the Shanahan tree mm-hmm. also, and those guys are all tied in together Absolutely. one way or another. It's the same concepts, and they're all like so close. And it's a lot of the same stuff. And Kirk Cousins, like I remember everyone's fantasy book and was like, oh, he's going to be the quarterback for the Niners when mm-hmm. Shanahan got oh, there yeah. and shit. Like everyone was like, that was the most like generic duh take that everyone would have. And then O'Connell being a part of that, I think there's some thing there. There's something there since they're, they are familiar with one another. Right. So you're in, and he had his best seasons with Shanahan too. So it's going to be interesting, man. But I think Mike Zimmer, like, you know, he, he would put guys in the doghouse, and then just it was impossible for you to get out of it. Yeah, it ended ugly. It ended ugly. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I think it's a good call. Uh, if I had another subtraction, I, I guess Cleo Mack. It really comes down because I think Allen Robson just had to get out of Chicago. That just and he was wasn't over. even a factor for them yeah, last year. So I can't it was be Allen injured, Robinson. just he fell off. But I know, initially, my fault. I initially 
when I was putting my notes for this, yeah. I was like, oh, it's Devontae Adams, but I don't want to talk about Devontae yeah. Adams because we like doing yeah. that, you know, not an obvious one. And then I was saying, oh, Allen Robinson. But I was like, yo, he, yeah. he was he got dropped in all fantasy leagues. He was taking it like the fifth round. Yeah, he he signed just completely, whether him not being able to create separation or just a lack of chemistry with fields. It just He was a total not factor. So I guess I got to go Khalil Mack just because he's still uh, a presence. He's obviously not the quite the same force, but still losing Khalil Mack is – your defense is going to feel that. So that'll be my biggest subtraction besides Devontae Adams. Storyline. Don't it got to be the Lions, bro? It's not mine. As much as I love them, it's not mine. I, I think because I'm trying to go non-Packers here since it's primarily this is Packers division. But I really am. The storyline is just how is, uh, we talked about already, though. Like mine is with Cousins O'Connell. How are they going to mesh? Because you know Kirk Cousins have seen his fair share of coordinators and offensive play callers now just what's that transition going to be like even though now they've worked together <coughs> bless so I'm, I'm just curious about that because i just think minnesota like on paper their offense should be top 10 like they have premium talent like their offense can be scary but like how is mccollum going to maximize it because i feel like minnesota they've had spurts but they haven't had the, the sustainability that they need to be a playoff team Hmm. Yeah, I'm fascinated by Minnesota, bro. I really think Minnesota can make some noise. I would early indications I like them to win the division. Wow. Yeah, I think I think the addition of O'Connell getting there, I think the weapons that they have in place, the additions on defense, there's just something about Minnesota that I really like. Packers and Vikings play each other when well, week one, so we get to see them. I believe Minnesota's at home. Mm-hmm. Uh, no Devontae Adams, he would feast on the Packers. Yeah. He would always like go if, nuclear. If you want to talk about offensive peak, I think that was one of the games last year. Minnesota beat Green Bay, and that was like one of the best Minnesota offensive showings. They put up 31, and to put up over 30 points on Green Bay defense. Yeah. Very impressive. So they're capable of that, but it's just the consistency. Man, the <clears throat> I know I'm banking a lot on Kirk Cousins. But I think, like, the collection of pieces around him I think is fascinating, dude. And I really think, even though it's not my storyline, but just to to add to that, um, they've talked about Dalvin Cook being more involved in the passing game, which it's going to be interesting to see the way O'Connell utilizes a workhorse back like him. Mm -hmm. Because for as much as he misses time, they do feed him, like, 25. Oh, yeah. Like, he gets... When Dalvin Cook is playing, there's no split in time. Uh-huh. Like maybe you'll come in for like a drive, but you ain't. It's, it's Dalvin Cook's like ninety percent I mean, of the they time. They got him. He carries the load. Yeah. So, but to me, like the storyline is, dude. Something about Detroit, bro. I don't know if maybe like if all goes well, they can maybe be a playoff team. Because the conference is so bad. Yeah. Uh, the firepower and the offense, like I talked about before. They also have a good O line, which I think is very important, especially when your quarterback's Jared Goff. But I do think them how they built in the trenches is something that could benefit them because when you when you think of young rebuilding teams, for most part, you think, oh, their O line's gonna be rough. Theirs is not. There's yeah, theirs yeah. isn't. And like, dude, look, Jared Goff is serviceable and he'll have some weapons. And yo, don't forget Okuda. He's coming back off a big injury. He hasn't lived up to the what was he number three or four yeah. Overall? It's just when he's been on the field, it's it's been it hasn't been yeah. yeah. So that's why I'm 
I want, it's wait and see at this point. Like I don't have any excitement that's, over it because he has to do it. Yeah. Very fair. That's yeah. very fair. But I think you can bring him in. You get Jamison Williams coming off injury, two pieces that I think they're going to be relying on, and mm. both of them coming off severe injuries. And like, yo, let's not forget Aiden Hutchinson. Yeah. Like, what kind of impact could he could he have a Micah Parsons kind of impact? You know, he's he's from Michigan. Mm. Like he well, he played at Michigan. I don't know exactly if he's from there, but yeah, he's a hometown kid. I'm pretty sure. Uh, their defense was bad, right? Mm-hmm. They were 30th in the league in sacks. Can they get to, like, top 15? You know, like, mm-hmm. you're not going to go from 30th to, to third, mm-hmm. but you want to just go from, like, 28th, 29th yeah, to, like, in progress. the teens. Yeah, yeah. yeah, so, man, Detroit, they played a lot of games close. They were, I think, they had, it was, like, them and the Packers were the best two teams against the spread last year. Damn. So they were, like, a cover machine. <laughs> you never would have guessed. I remember I was doing that show with Will when we were in Vegas. I was like, yo, you know who loves the Lions? Professional betters. Because they were like 11-5-1 against the spread. You're like, holy shit, what the hell? See, this is how they grew in popularity. Yeah, exactly, (laughs) dude. So, And, you know, they're going to be on Hard Knocks, which is interesting. Dan Campbell, the brand is just being built. Kneecaps. (laughs) Just bite them all. Drink it, drink it, drink it. Espresso, three espresso shots by 9 a.m. And, yo, they have a lot of former players on their coaching staff. Yeah, which is cool. I know Aaron Glenn's been getting a lot Aaron of praise. Aaron Glenn, Mark Brunel, Randall L., Deuce Staley. They just saw JT Barrett, who I know is not yeah, he yeah. just he just signed with them also. So I think this is the first time you could be excited about the Lions in a while. Now, look, they're not going to win the division. But I think they could be like a eight-win team. And you feel good about it. Yeah, absolutely. Detroit needs something at this point just to get behind like a nice feisty unit with just young emerging players. And that's what it is. Like, I, you know, we're talking a lot about old rosters. I would argue maybe Detroit is the youngest roster. Mm. Like, I don't know too many old players on that team. Hey, have maybe we... Marvin Jones. Wait, no, wait. Marvin Jones on the, nah, he's yeah, on he's, the Jaguars. Jesus, yeah. my apologies. But uh, for the most part, like they're young. Like I, I, they don't have too many veterans because they released Eric Flowers who – just didn't live up to that contract. But besides that, it's mostly young players. Hey, are we being disrespectful to Chicago? No. I know, look, they like got the rid of Matt. The, the best thing, thing is they got rid of Matt Nagy. The only thing we said was, like, yeah, they lost Khalil Mack. Like, that, that's it. Like, we're not, you know, their their biggest addition was probably. I mean, they didn't any, really, any, their receiving core is rough. Byron Pringle. O-line's bad. Defense. I still got Rob Quinn, which is nice, but I'm not crazy about Eberflus either. I always thought his defense is they allowed a lot of yards. It's just they forced turnovers, but it's just there's just not much star power in Chicago. And I don't even think the prospects that they have are really developing into like obviously we'll see what happens with fields, but it's just what it really excites you about Chicago. Darnell Mooney. He's cool. He's fine. Yeah. yeah. Like Montgomery's a steady player, but you know, I think he's he's kind of risen up that infamous picture that i know you love always bro but montgomery, montgomery can actually run the ball like he's he's a player but it's nah, just he's a, he's a bowler man and especially when you look at the offense that he's on he's not yeah. really getting any attention drawn it's, away from him it's just they're gonna be losing a lot of games and it's just, i just feel like it's kind of empty there right now and i think they're doing a real disservice to justin fields by not really doing anything on the o-line of all the second year quarterbacks mm-hmm. and i know you have a beef with the jets you have to pick Justin Fields as being in the worst scenario. Oh, yeah. Them because Absolutely. they've done nothing to help him. The only thing I'm worried about, I don't have a beef with the Jets. I just, what have they done? Like, yeah. <laughs> but they've done something. No, they, they, organizationally, yes. They're, they've invested picks, which That's is the right thing I'm to do. About. It's just now they got, it's now you got to show it on the field. Chicago, it's just, you know, obviously they, they 
did business with the Giants last <clears> year, which put them in a hole. But like, even free agency, though, like, I, I don't know what their cap situation was, but the cap couldn't have been that bad. Like, do people just not want to play in Chicago? Uh, I mean, it's not yeah. exactly Miami or yeah. like a nice weather place. Trevor Lawrence, Jaguars go bananas in free agency. I mean, that, that, whether we know the choice, not, they had to. But they yeah. made the attempt. Yeah, right? Jets as well. Jets made the attempt. Um, New, sh- New England's big up, big decent core. New England, maybe, yeah. yeah, but but you trust the infrastructure of New England Absolutely. at least. Where yeah. Justin Fields, it's like, all right, you know what we did for you? We got rid of Allen Robinson, who mm-hmm. was our best offensive player, even though we didn't utilize mm-hmm. him. Uh, we lose Khalil Mack on defense. We lose Akeem Hicks on defense. Right. What about Jakeem Grant, who every time dude was like field a punt was like uh, electric? That Sunday night game was one of the more enjoyable. Bro, ones. so fire, son, and you really didn't do nothing. So he's in the worst position of any of these like yo and if we turn the clock back a little bit more like in the last five years there's not been a a a first round quarterback in a worse situation going into the second year the giants even made moves for daniel jones bro maybe you could argue donald with the jets or no oh that's a good one i i I don't remember them doing much for donald that's a good one the whole gase nightmare but uh no i just and I don't even think it's it's a big slam Chicago. It's like we did that NFC South show. Like we talked ninety percent Buck Saints. We had barely anything to say about the Panthers, and the only things we talked about the Falcons was Matt Ryan. Like so, it's just like when your team's not good, it, like what can we really talk about? We're not going to force conversation. We're just going to go five minutes just bashing them. Like no, it's just it's going to be a long process for them to get back to where they were. They had to clear out Nagy and Ryan Pace was a mess. Like they just it was just clear overhaul was needed. That was it. Like Minnesota too, but Minnesota at least has players though. Like Minnesota, I just think need a change of scenery. Like that era, it had success, but it ran its course. Chicago didn't really have success, even though oddly enough they made the playoffs twice. But we know the last time they made it was purely just because the seven seed. Yeah, 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 man. It's fascinating with the NFL how you know there's a. <clears throat> Like in the NBA, right? I always would like to say, like, yo, I don't, I don't want to be the seventh seed. Like, I'd rather tank, try at the lottery, yeah. get some building blocks, as opposed to being the Hornets mm-hmm. or, like, the, those, like, Hawks teams back in the day where they'd be the sixth or seventh seed and get throttled in the first oh, round. Man. Like, you're yeah. going to stay complacent forever. Yeah. But in the NFL, there's ways that you could be exciting, you could be interesting, and... There's no league where a team goes worse to first or worse to playoffs than the NFL. A lot yeah. of that has to do with the contracts. Right. It's a gift and a curse, and it sucks that the money isn't fully guaranteed. But if I give a player $100 million, $60 million guaranteed, and after two years, he's not that player anymore, I'll take the L on the $60 million, mm-hmm. but I could get out of that contract. Where you see it in the NBA, those contracts are fully guaranteed. You see it in baseball, you're like, damn, dude, having to pay this guy... In, in baseball, like you'll pay Robinson Cano for the first three years, but those last seven years of the contract, you're like, oh, fuck, I gotta, he's no longer that kind of player. Right. And with the NFL, the thing that's so upsetting about the Bears is that they haven't done anything to help improve, to evaluate Justin Fields, too. We were talking about Tua on the last pod that we yeah. did, how at least now, going into year three, you can evaluate what Tua is because there's no more excuses. Mm-hmm. You got mad new weapons on miami new coaching staff new coaching staff in yeah. chicago what do you how can you assess justin fields bro yeah, yeah you got montgomery and, and, and mooney I, I like them i'm fans yeah. of them but that's it it's just yeah. 
it's just bad, bad organizational stuff, yeah. dude. And they're paying the price. And you know, look, it's going to take at least two years, if not longer. That's yeah. just how it is with certain teams. Let's go into X Factor as we start to wrap up. Uh, give me your X Factor in this division. Well, now I'm finally going to be able to talk about the Lions. I've been waiting on it. And I know we're all, I know we always have the, the running back still matter debate, but I'm super excited for DeAndre Swift. I feel like he's the big X Factor just because now, even though Jared Goff, arm strength wise, and him not wanting to take that many risks, is, it, he's a very conservative quarterback, which doesn't help matters. But at least now they have even more playmakers that have to be accounted for. Like they have vertical threats. So, you know, when Williams gets healthy, DJ Chark's a vertical threat. Monte Brown could push it. Like I think now they're going to clear up the short to intermediate areas. And DeAndre Swift to me is one of the most dynamic uh, pass catching backs in the league. So not just as a runner, but as a receiver as well. Like I think he can absolutely explode. And you know, there might be some weeks where he might not put up the statistics just because I think Jamal Williams has really proved himself to be a capable back. Like I don't know why Jamal Williams people never took seriously until he left Green Bay. They always thought he was like a just just a, a big ball, plotter. Right? But he, he, I think he's proven himself. I feel like now he's a decent complimentary back. Like he's a good power back and he's gonna get those red zone looks. But I still feel like DeAndre Swift, even if his touchdown numbers are low, he could do some wonders there. And I feel like he could have a huge season. I just think now that's opened up because he was getting a lot of targets last year, and he still might get it, but I feel like now that's going to be more efficient, the targets. Like, he might average, say, eight to nine yards a catch rather than, say, four to five. Like, I think the big plays are going to be more open up from there, and I'm really excited for him. I, I, I think he's always been a hell of a talent. He's someone that could go 70 yards whenever he gets the ball, and uh, now better uh, better coaching staff. Better offense. Better offense, improved O-line. I'm expecting big things, man. I'm, 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 I'm. He's probably one of the biggest reasons I'm excited for the Lions. I love DeAndre Swift this year. I think dude could be a top five running back statistically. I think he's a top five fantasy running back. I haven't really dove into fantasy football that much. I got some fantasy content coming out soon, but I think he checks a lot of the box. He's the kind of running back I like too. Mm-hmm. Dual threat. You're yes. not just. Put it in his belly. Like, he could catch out the backfield, yeah. too. And I think he could always take it to the house. He's one of those running backs that, like, I remember what game. Oh, when they played the Rams, that game was surprisingly competitive, and he was the biggest reason why. Like, I think it was, like, the fifth play of the game. Took it 63 yards. And he could do it as a runner and a pass catcher. So, he's he's cool. Like, I think it, it, he's had some injury issues, but oh, if he stays on the field in that offense, expect big things. Yeah, dude, and especially once they get everyone on the field, I think you're going to be looking at that team like, yo, does Detroit have, like, really good weapons if everything works out? Like, yo, DJ Sharp was a 1,000-yard receiver not too long ago, and then injuries yeah. really derailed him, but he's still a young dude. Yeah. And change of scenery. I'm, I'm pro change of scenery. I like that. Mm-hmm. So, And I he's love, on a one-year contract, so. Prove a deal. Yeah. Love that. Love that for Juju as well. Mm-hmm. Like, I like it when you bet on yourself. Like, that's, that's everything that I do, yeah. bet on myself, so. With these players, when they're on these one-year deals, I absolutely love it. Um, for me, X Factor, got to be the Green Bay wide receiver room. Mm-hmm. And it got to be Watson. Some reports coming out of camp is like, you know, very, not Jamar Chasey from last year. Okay. But <laughs> not exactly jumping off the, the right. field and on tape. But I think there's, there's a lot of targets that have left. And if he could become someone, you know, Aaron Rodgers in the past, if a wide receiver fucks up an assignment or runs the wrong route or, you know, drops a third and eight. He he's like, all right, I'm not throwing a I'm not throwing him anymore. Yeah, yeah. Alan Lazard has talked about that. 
uh, Aaron Rodgers himself has talked about that with Pat McAfee when he does his spot every week. He would talk about how Alan Lazard is a guy who, remember last year towards like the last eight weeks of the season, Lazard was basically scoring a touchdown every Yeah, week, he was up like. there. So, when he said over time, I've started to trust him more. But mm-hmm. in the beginning, it was a little shaky. Right. And, Liz- and Lazard's never been that guy to get like 10 targets a game. He's just more of a big play, big body receiver. Right. Yeah. Field stretcher. Yeah. So now with Watson, they finally invest in the position. And also, you know, they bring in Sammy Watkins, too. I'm not exactly a Sammy yeah. Watkins guy. I never have been. But yeah. I-, I was excited three years ago. Yeah. But maybe Rodgers could <clears throat> elevate him. He could. He could. Yeah. But I think that, that room is definitely an X factor because we were talking about how they might have the worst skill position players in the league mm-hmm. or one of the worst. Mm-hmm. And it was like we said before, man, it was bad when Adams was there, too. It was still bad, but they yeah. had Devontae Adams, yeah. the best receiver. Yeah, the alpha the male. So it's going to be fun, dude. Mm-hmm. It's going to be fun. Can I rattle off some division odds, uh, win totals? Yeah, I'm curious. To where, where's Green Bay standing? <clears throat> so Green Bay is the favorite. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Minnesota plus 225. Detroit 10 to 1. Bears 14 to 1. Makes sense does make sense i feel like the bears should be like 25 to 1 though <laughs> like there's no way the bears could win this division right no like if the bears won this division i don't know what i would do i would have to think of something crazy Ju- justin like, fields has to be mvp candidate like justin fields would have to do something remarkable can you see an mvp emerging from this division no i just there's no Rogers, way Rogers yeah it just years in a row I just, I just, the big plays aren't going to be there. I think Green Bay is going to be a very methodical offense if they don't make any moves, that major moves for every receiver. I just feel like it's going to be very ball control, very move the chains. I just don't see where, besides, like Aaron Jones is probably their most explosive weapon now. The Bears and the Lions have a win total of six and a half. Minnesota has a win total of eight and a half. Wow, Bears, I'm shocked the Bears are at six. And the Packers are at ten and a half. Those are your win totals for mm. this division. I think it's about right. Yeah. I'm surprised about the Bears. I put the Bears probably at four, but maybe they'll get a couple of wins. But, uh, yeah, I think I think Minnesota is probably the biggest enigma of everyone just because like, you, you look at them on paper and you're just like, okay, they like, they got star power. But just like what has gone wrong these last two years? It can't just be on Zimmer. Like they've had clear flaws. Like that secondary has really fallen apart in recent memory. And they're still banking on Patrick Pearson, who I'm I'm surprised. He's yeah. like, he's he's really hard. And Minnesota, they just have not really hit on draft picks recently. That's another thing because they used to like how they built that defense up was through the draft, whether it be Everson Griffin, Harrison Smith, Anthony Barr, Eric Kendricks. Like Minnesota, besides Linval Joseph, I can't really name like a high profile signing that really elevated them. It was all through the draft. Xavier Rhodes at his peak. So now I think them not drafting well has really led to them kind of just having dipping. issues. Yeah, so they pretty much got to start drafted better, and you know maybe some of these moves will hit. Like we'll see how the Darius Smith. I expect him to do if he stays healthy. He should be a huge difference maker. But you know these, like, but like we said, guys like Harrison Smith, Anthony Bargain older now. Yeah, yeah, it's they have a lot of question marks, but I, I'm really just falling in love with that offense, and I think there's something to O'Connell and Kirk having some chemistry which i didn't even know prior yeah. to this pod finding out here it's just making me more excited about them 
and with how you got me more interested in Minnesota because I've been kind of like iffy on Minnesota. I'm just like I think Minnesota's in that tier with the Saints and the Eagles. For me. Wow. Okay. Like they could be. They're in that third tier behind the teams that I mentioned. Wow. So he's like I would still have Dallas and Arizona have Minnesota, but I'm I'm off Dallas until proven <laughs> otherwise in January. Like I'm not gonna get excited. For you. Well, it sounds like you're off Dallas in December because it sounds like they're not. Yeah, the, the, you can't say January. It looks like you're just. Nah, different. I don't think I don't think they make the playoffs. Because to be Dallas has obviously proven a lot more than Minnesota these past two years. They have. Yeah. But, but I think Minnesota's gotten better where Dallas has gotten worse. True. Yeah. So let's yeah. see. Yeah. Let's see. That's a beautiful thing about making predictions and having takes. Yep. And we haven't even got the train camp yet. So. We haven't. No, we haven't. Uh, Alan, this was fun. Thanks for spending the day. Where can they find you? Alan Sturk, A L L E N S T R K. Nick Day is 10, is where you can find me. Check out Blue Wire Pods on Twitter. You can find a bunch of stuff for Blue Wire. Veteransminimum.com. You can find some merch. There's the merch store. We got some hats. We got shirts coming in September some hoodies in october so some really fun stuff and join the patreon you get all this content before it releases to the public we'll catch you guys next time this is the story of the one as head of maintenance at a concert hall he knows the show must always go on That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Grainger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Grainger, for the ones who get it done.